folks welcome into a brand new episode of bullet points we are back and i'm your host ty b and i will be joined by kevin masari and mike bunt tonight but first a shout out to our sponsor pause electric give them a call at 716-698-2711 they can help with any residential or commercial electrical project you need anything from new house wiring fuses the circuit breaker work or even installing backup generators, getting ready for the winter. Pause Electric has your back, 716-698-2711. Let them know Trainwreck Sports sent you. All right, guys, we got to start right here. Degenerate Alamaniac just had Lance Leipold on Trainwreck tonight. Tonight, Um, Great, great information from Lance talking about the team a little bit. Kev, where's your mind right now going into this six-game slate? We're right now... About to be, you know, when we release this, we'll be seven days away. How are you feeling? Good. I mean, I mean, it's clear that their their mission is to win the win the ship. Um, go go to Detroit, get it done, um, and win it all. I mean, they they have a lot of key names returning. It's a really senior, you know, upperclassman heavy roster. Um, they're looking for some contributions for some grad transfers that are that are going to that are play. Everyone gets a extra year of eligibility too for both football and basketball. So we're going to see. Uh, what that means and exactly how that goes. But the one thing that does scare me is one loss. I mean, one early season loss, not to NIU, but an early season loss to Ohio, Miami, um, you know, that, that, that could put them right in the, right in the, right in the, you can't, you can't rebound from that this year. So that's going to be a challenge for the team. Uh, there's no step backs to have. And obviously the team doesn't have a named starting quarterback right now. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're returning a lot of great players. They have three or four NFL players on the roster, lots to look out for. Um, so my head's in a pretty good place with, with, with the team. Um, I, I think they're going to come in guns blazing, um, be able to do whatever they want on the ground. The offensive line's still in good shape, especially get bringing in the grad transfer that they have. Um, so, you know, we'll, we're going to see what they're able to do. And defensively they're, they're they might be just as strong as they were. So um, we're in a good place. And, you know, I'm like I said, they just can't have that early season lapse, Mike. Yeah, and uh, I, I feel good about this team, too. On paper, I think they're easily the best team in the MAC East, despite falling short last year. I, I love this squad. I, obviously, the the talent in the backfield is unbelievable. Um, but like you said, Kev, one loss could be the difference between uh, winning the division, representing the team in the MAC championship, or falling short. And you just never know what you're going to get out of a team after all the craziness with this pandemic uh, also, you never know what's going to happen with the team as far as the virus. If, if a player is going to be impacted, um, if you're going to be missing a star, if you lose a guy for one or two games, that could be, that could be it. So I'm excited, um, for the season to finally kick off. I'm a little disappointed. It was, it's only six games. I wish it was a little bit longer, but, uh, that's the reality we live with. And we should, I guess, be thankful we even have a season. Oh, absolutely. We're going to have football soon enough and tons of action. Love that they're going to the weekdays and we're going to have nationally aired games right away. And it looks like the uh, Lockport drive-in is even going to be showing the games. You can show up two hours beforehand to go tailgate with all, you know, the true blue. It's going to be a great time. I think, you know, we'll have a few people there enjoying that with everyone, but let's start where everyone I think really wants to hear about the quarterback position. Um, you got to talk about what, what both these guys did last year. Matt Myers averaged, you know, 120 yards 
uh, per game through the air. I thought he showed some real, real good glimpses, especially in that Penn State game, that he can make throws to beat coverages, um, especially, you know, against elite defenders, which is something that you be, you know, when you besides maybe Tyree, like it's it sort of struggled. Um, it had that a little bit with Lakata as he got more seasoned. But UB has sort of not been able to open up the offense fully besides those years under Tyree. And Lance talked about sort of maybe wanting to get back to that a little bit. And Van Trees last season, only 90 yards throwing per game. Not very good. I think uh, UB was like 0-5 in games that quarterbacks were 50% or lower completion percentage. That number needs to change. You, ha- you can't have games where you're completing less than 50% uh, percent of your passes, Kev. No, you really can. I mean, it goes for any level of football, actually, um, especially when you're not dual threat. Um, and, you know, they really aren't for the most part. Um, you know, I mean, you have to think that they're going to Matt Myers. It's who Lance went with last year. Um, I, you know, I thought he left a lot on the table. Um, I, I thought a move was needed after reflecting on it a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm willing, I'm more open to the discussion. I thought the team just played better under Van Trees, even though, um, you know, he, he, you know, he had his limitations in, in the passing game. I, I don't know. I just thought he managed the game better, had a little bit more mobility. We'll have to see, but I, I'd have to imagine he, he's going to go with Van Trees, or uh, excuse me, he's going to go with Matt Myers. I mean, it's who he picked last year out of, out of camp. Um, there, there's, I, I, I don't know what would have changed. I don't know that KVT did enough to, say I was better than you thought personality. I thought he played well um, at times and I thought he gave the team good chances to win, but I think he's just going to, as a sophomore, he's going to roll with Matt Myers. Um, he's going to want to develop him, especially. I, I don't know how this free year is going to work. I, I don't know if you just still stay a redshirt sophomore next year. I don't really yep. know any of that. You just don't burn. Um, a year. You just don't burn a year. So seniors can just be a senior again. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's interesting in, in the first place. So I, I think it's, it's Matt Myers. He went with him last year. There's, there's really nothing to lose until he proves he's over his head. I mean, at some point, if the shortened mm-hmm. season and if he's showing that he's not where he should be, I, he'll, I think he'll go to KBT pretty quickly uh, at some point. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. He liked Myers out, out of it last year. He had that injury. Um, I don't know, Mike. Do you see? Do you see that differently, or where do you? Stand yeah, on no. That? I, I liked Myers last year, and I, I still like Myers now. I, I feel like I, I don't have any inside info or anything, but I, I feel like he's going to go with Van Trees just because okay. I think the offense was more efficient once you had Van Trees in the lineup. It's not that I don't think Myers has a higher ceiling. I just think he's the safer quarterback. I think Myers is a riskier guy. He has a higher ceiling, but he, he really looked, he, he, when he was in the games last year, especially that, I think it was the game against Miami, Ohio. He just looked lost at times. There was a lot of pressure and he didn't handle it well. And I remember seeing some comments. People at first were saying, well, how do you expect him to produce with that much pressure? But it also seemed like he didn't know how to get the line situated for certain uh, certain blitzes, that he didn't always uh, make adjustments if necessary. So I, I like Myers. I think uh, he can bring more to the table. But Van Trees is a safe option. You know what you're going to get. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to protect the ball. And he also has some playmaking ability. Granted, not as much. The The wild card, I, I really am interested in later in the season. I, I, I know that um, Ty was high on this. Him, I'm assuming he's still on the team because I have no reason to believe not to. But Trevor uh, Basinski, um, he, he was – in practice last year, he, he had a ton of zip on the ball. And 
I, I really think UB can really afford to just find someone. None of the guys have proven I agree themselves. With that, yeah. So whoever yeah. elevates themselves and performs the best at practice, give them a shot because it's a six-game season. Go with the hot hand. I, I really don't care who is the quarterback. You have two great running backs. You know you're going to run the ball great. Just find somebody that can win them the game. Yeah, and you can't forget about Casey Case, who they brought in from Florida, 6'6", quarterback, true freshman, got a big arm as well, threw for a ton of yardage down there in Winter Park, Florida. So looking at that quarterback room, you're kind of in a good spot where you can just pick whoever's the hot hand. Like you want one of these guys hopefully to develop. You got a bunch of younger quarterbacks too that should hopefully be within the program for a few years. So they should be able to run this offense for not just this year, the next few upcoming seasons, which should be huge for this team. If you're able to get that continuity, especially at the quarterback position, that's how you sustain some success when you're a smaller program like UB, who's trying to take a step into some sort of continued success um, we found some now. Let's hope it's not just a flash in the pan. Um, I could see, you know, something like Pazinski getting some time this year because of what he offers on the upside, a huge arm. He threw for like over 4,500 yards, I believe, his senior season. The dude can just sling it. Um, absolute rocket. Um, big boy, too. I think he's over 6'4". So it'll be very interesting. I think that's you know, sort of the biggest conversation with this team, but that's, that's okay because you're so confident about the other position groups. Kev, what do you, what do you love um, looking at this team? You're returning, I, I believe eight starters on both sides of the ball. What really sticks out to you looking at this team going into the shortened season? Yeah. I mean, it's the running game. You have two primetime running backs. You're going to be able to do whatever you want on the ground, just like you kind of were last year. Um, so that's really what sticks out to me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm watching Ray Thomas Ishman, uh, grad yep. transfer from U, UMass, uh, immediately eligible, um, shouted out today by Lance. Uh, I would imagine he's got an inside track to somewhere on the right side of the line. Not too sure exactly where they'd play him right now. I have him as a right guard, but I, I guess he could play really anything. Um, so, I mean, including right tackle. So I, I, I don't, we'll see where he, where he goes on that, that versatile versatility there from UMass. So he's a guy I'm watching out for a lot. So I love that ability to, to run the ball. They're going to be able to, we've been talking a lot about the quarterbacks and the Mike's point. I mean, I, I, I personally would go with KVT. Um, but I think that see, I think they'll go with Myers. Um, at the same time, I agree with both of you that Bazinski should get a shot at it. Casey Case is probably their best recruited player coming in. They didn't have a sh- do have to say they didn't. I'm a you know, everyone that ever listens to me knows I'm a recruiter recruiter guy and love to follow the recruits and it's probably the thing I'm the strongest in. And they didn't have a great class this year come in. They do have one coming in next year that's pretty strong. Yeah. This year's 12th in the MAC, uh, 131st overall nationally. So they are weak there. And when Lance said. There might not have a fresh freshman that are maybe not even travel, potentially travel, uh, might, might, might play a little bit, but nothing crazy. You I didn't graduate too much though last year too. So not a ton of scholarships really fair, are. fair, but they need someone in the receiver position yeah. outside of none. Uh, I thought there was a gaping opportunity at receiver two, receiver three to come into an offense that's moving and, and, and be productive. I thought that would be a good sell to a new locker room. I thought that'd be a good sell to a receiver. Um, and, you know, we really didn't see that that happen. But at the same time, like you said, Casey Case, I, if he goes in and shows something, I think that Lance would have alluded to that a little bit more today. 
Um, that uh, maybe... He said he said specifically he just doesn't want to tip his hand. He's trying to use it as an advantage, no matter what the decision is. He doesn't. He's just not going to put it out there just so no one can game. But did mention he had two guys that he's picking between. So I don't. I, I guess. I guess you know you're reading the tea leaves here, um, and he he could just be saying that, or it yeah. could be the two from last year. So I don't know. But I, I agree. I mean, I I'd like Bazinski. I'd like Casey Case. I'm a big young play, young talented players guy. You know what you're going to get from KVT, which makes him the safe option. Matt Myers, you just can't have 45% completion percentage. You're, you're never going to just like basketball. You're never going to be my favorite player if you're you know you're shooting 46 or you know 46% isn't even very good in bad. I mean, it's good in basketball. It's not great. Um, so you know, to me, he's got to complete more than 46% of his passes. He took way too many sacks. He took a sacks at every six percent of his dropbacks. Way too much. Same KVT went in and took one in under a percent per snapback or dropback. So. Uh, will they go with the safer option like Mike mentioned maybe I, I think they should I don't I personally don't like Myers as much as anyone someone else does uh, other other people might around the team I thought his average yards per completion were down his completion percentage was low his yards per game were down uh, four turnover four picks weren't great six sacks there's nothing there that I liked him and I thought when the team moved to KBT it was better I, I enjoyed watching that offense a lot more besides just Jarpat um, so I, I, I'm go, go for Brzezinski, go for Casey Case. I'd love to be shocked. Like we kind of were last year a little bit, guys, um, I think by the announcement, if I can remember to, to a little bit. Um, so I, I don't know where you guys stand on that. But to me, I'm looking forward to that offensive line coming back. For the most part, I'm looking forward to that running game. Nunn's a great receiver. Looking to see if we have a w, a WR2 um, in, this, in this group. So uh, that's, that's personally what I'm, uh, what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah I'm looking – and I'm looking forward to seeing just Jarpat just go off. I, I think oh, this ready. could potentially be his final season at UB, depending on what yeah. he does during these six games. Uh, I, I think NFL is starting to look at more running backs like Jarrett Patterson. Guys like that are getting more of an opportunity in the game compared to the past. And I, I think a guy like him, if he has a strong six games, he really could – get to that next level. But a couple of guys that I really I, I liked at the beginning of last year and they really stepped up to the plate, Malcolm Kuntz and Taylor Riggins. It's it's their time to shine. Um, I, I remember in August last year, I uh, asked Malcolm Kuntz, I'm like, who's going to have more sacks between you and you and Riggins? And he laughed at me. He's like, uh, Riggins all day. I don't have a chance. Well, you know what? Kuntz came out and he had nine sacks and Riggins had eight and a half. If you're looking at some of the preseason uh, awards for All-Americans and stuff like that, you were seeing Koontz and Riggins on a lot of third-team honorable mention lists. Uh, all the talk goes to UB running backs, but these guys are just as good on the defensive side of the ball. And I think the other thing that I'm really interested in this season is can you be established any passing attack? We're talking about November and early December football in Buffalo. We, we make excuses for why the Bills can't even throw the ball during these these elements, but this is going to be the entirety of UB's season is playing in these cold temperatures, weeknights and mm -hmm. Saturday afternoons later on in the season in front of nobody. And are they going to even have any incentive to trying to develop a passing game, or are they just going to stick with their bread and butter and just pound it down teams continuously that I, I'm really interested. I, I love guys like Antonio Nunn, and I do think UB needs a number two receiver to step up, but I wonder if Nunn and the guys behind him are even going to see 
see the ball more than a handful of times each game. Yeah, I mean, when you have a ru- rushing game like the bit or the uh, Bulls had last season, there were very <laughs> there were some times where you didn't have to throw the ball at all. You look at that Bowling Green game. Jared Patterson over 290 yards, six touchdowns. And then you had Kevin Marks go out there, scamper for 100 on his own. So if that offensive line led by uh, KOD Awasika and Mike Nowitzki, who's you know only a sophomore but getting big recognition, getting nominated for the center um, award for um, you know best center in the nation, I think you know that's where things got to start. I'd love you talking about Ray Thomas Ishman. I think he should be penciled in as a starter. And then you have guys like Jacob Gal and Jake Fusak, who both have played at different times. Gal started a bunch of games, and Fusak did actually start the last two games of last season at right tackle. So I like that you have a lot of experience, enough continuity there, because you have lost some big names over the last few years at that offensive line position, but they've done a great job being able to keep that stable going. And it's the same thing at that defensive line too. I think Eddie Wilson and Ronald McGee going to have a huge season up the middle on that defensive line. When you start to focus in on those defensive ends, that allows the defensive tackles to make some extra plays. If you want to key in on some double teams on the outside, that'll free things up for the guys on the blitz as well. And speaking about the linebackers, I think Gaddafi Wright is bound for a breakout season here. The guy is an absolute physical specimen, an all Mac linebacker, uh, two sacks last year, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries. Um, I I think, you know, he's going to have a good year. And then you look at the other side, maybe Tim Terry, I think is going to be playing there. Justin Mulba should get some time. And you also bring in uh, graduate transfer Tyree Thompson from UCLA, who, you know, Lance talked about a little bit uh, with the rest of the guys. He should be getting some time as well. So I think you've done a real good job of you know, you might not have had the best recruiting class, but you've done a good job still developing within that you are able to replace the guys who left and adding, you know, some of these graduate transfers, just, it's just kind of icing on the cake for them right now. And I mean, even the defensive backfield looks great. Like, I, I don't think you can really look at one position group and pinpoint any real big holes on this team, Kev. Yeah, there isn't. And, you know, it makes you excited even for next year when they're bringing in maybe their best recruit ever in, in Quaylen Housie. Uh, they're bringing the Housie brothers, um, a pretty pretty big recruits there. They're bringing in Artez Hooker next year, receiver, 5'9", speed receiver um, from St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, so there's been some names during this pandemic. You know, we, we've been retweeting from the account and DeMarco Cuffey, uh, another another good corner coming in. So there's, there's the, where I will give them, knock them like I did on the previous discussion about I do think that they could have done better this year, even with even with the limited roster spots. Mm-hmm. I do think that, but they also did do really well in 2021, um, going out there and conversely to the last ranked MAC class and 130th in the country, already second ranked MAC class and 75th in the country. So much better, uh, much much better. Lots of lots of excitement around the team um, coming in next year. But that's where the whole question is. Where I was saying, what happens? If you just all these scholarships, you just get extra scholarships. Do you have to stop handing them out? I don't that's, know. What that's what's going to be happen with all. Of yeah, that's a whole nother rabbit. They might let you decide. Yeah, um, I, I don't but know. UB but UB doesn't have the money. Um, no, no. But looking, yeah, behind twenty behind, extra scholarships. Yeah, behind none. I think it looks like Lance was really, really high on Bernard Porter and Trevor Wilson. He didn't mention both, Porter. Yeah, both guys didn't get to play very much last season. Um, Porter was injured a lot of the year, then ended up getting a redshirt season coming over on his um, a JUCO transfer. Trevor Wilson uh, redshirted his freshman year, appeared in one game. Um, he, both those guys came in. They bulked up, and 
if they're able, you know, they have the physical uh, tools to perform very well at the wide receiver position for this team. Trevor Wilson, a bit smaller, can get open, can play on the outside, can play in the slot. Porter is going to be able to hopefully go down the field and catch some big bets big balls for you and that should hopefully open up that offense that's what you need because you know none's going to get uh keyed on zach lefay will probably get keyed on so you need that so i guess that's that's the only other hole but if these guys really step up um you need that progression from within and that should be able to happen there was just so many new guys at that receiver position last year it was very very tough for them to make an impact yeah, and then they're, they're going to compete against four seniors this year at the receiver position. Obviously, we mentioned none a lot. Dan, Daniel Lee is a guy that yeah. did was second in the team in receiving. Carlton Todd's there. Dominic Johnson was shouted out today, too, playing receiver. Um, so there's four seniors there. And, they're, I mean, at the same time, this team's trying to win. So if, if they're going to trust and go with the senior – heavy four foursome that they have there they might do that this year maybe a little, a little porter mixed in little you know here and there but um we're, i'm interested to see like at the same time if who of that group will come back is not will none come back so are they trying to develop but are they saying everyone gets a free year anyway so that whole dynamic is, is very strange yeah. to say you know we'll go for four seniors this year because you know they could all come back if they want and, and continue to develop so um there's they have choices if they want to go more senior heavy um, you know, really get the game inside and out, a little bit less upside, or they can, like you mentioned, go with the Bernard, you know, the Porter side of things and, and go that route. So they do have some options across the board, um, especially with that receiver. I just personally need to see someone step up. I, I, I don't care if it's Carlton Todd. I don't, I don't really necessarily care who that is. I'd like it to be a guy with some length um, to be able to come back. Um, but, you know, Daniel Lee's the guy that did have 284 receiving yards, nothing crazy. That's kind of, I think they were missing a receiver too. Um, and we'll see if they can, like, we've, like, we've, like, Mike, we, like, we've all talked about, can they even throw the ball in this, these elements? I, I, <laughs> does this even matter beside none? Um, uh, we're going to have to find out. I tend to think that it could. I mean, we, I think I owe people overblow the weather. You can throw in the snow as long as it's not Bill's Colts weather. Um, you can certainly, and they were still even trying to complete passes throwing the ball. So I still think you can throw in this weather. I still think that having a strong arm guys, the, the way to go, as you see with the professional football team. I think that there's you go with the guy with an upside. The offensive running game is going to do what it's going to do. Go with a guy that can give you a different dynamic, um, and that's what I want to see going forward. And I'd love to see a receiver two step up, whether it's needed or not. And my my opinion on the wide receivers probably doesn't matter because every guess I had last year in fall camp proved to be wrong. So <laughs> I really don't trust myself. I thought Bernard Porter or Carlson Todd, one of those guys, would be an impact player last year. And like you guys just mentioned, neither really had an opportunity to do anything. And I, I do agree with you, Kev, it, just because there's games in November doesn't necessarily mean that you can't pass the ball. I just don't know if, um, if coach Leipold really has any intention of throwing the ball when you have the, the running game that they have, it, he right. might just say, we're playing Northern Illinois. Let's just pound the rock. And if you're getting five, six yards per carry, why even change it up? But, um, not saying that they couldn't, but I, I just don't know if they're going to have any uh, that aggressiveness um, to do so uh, going forward. But like, like you guys said, looking at this roster, this roster is put together to win a MAC championship. Uh, as far as do you go with younger players and try to develop because you know you have that experience or do you go with the experience um, that you already have? My thinking is this, you have a six game schedule. It's not like you have 
a 12 game season where you have opportunities to make mistakes and learn from it. Every right. game matters right now. I think you lean on the seniors and the upperclassmen where you know you could still get them back for another year because my, my concern is you're still going to have grad transfers and stuff like that going forward. What happens if you end up spending all this time to get minutes for a sophomore or a freshman, then they get that extra, that extra year. They could transfer on you uh, after four, three and a half years and then get two years of eligibility somewhere else. Yep. I, I, if I'm interpreting the the rule right, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I feel like just lean on experience. You you haven't won a MAC championship since 2008. Win it. Lean on your guys. Win it. Yeah. yeah I mean that that might lean for the senior heavy receiver room, like we talking. You know, the Carlton Todd, Daniel Lees are there. Um, do we know who the running back three is? Do, do we have a guy that if anything happened to Marks or Pat, J, Jar Pat in short term, long, even I think, long term? I think that it would be uh, between McDuffie or Ron Cook. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it, it's kind of a toss up between the two of them. Okay. Yeah, I'm just always interested because of how well they run the ball. If there's a name that might step in. Yeah. Um, Ron, you know, that we should Ron be watching Cook for. Switching to number two this year, sneaky to watch, going from 23 to number two. Um, so obviously they think highly enough of them that they let them go down, take a single digit number. So that'll be interesting. Um, I think the biggest thing though, this year for that defense is going to have to be, um, they got to be better on third down. Um, if oh, you yeah. look at um, the team themselves they are fifth in the nation on defense uh, first in the Mac and time of possession, but you'll lose to Ohio. And why is that? Because you couldn't stop them on third down. If you can stop them on third down this year, if you can stop these teams on third down, you should be able to win. Uh, the season starts off with NIU, who should still be down. Um, they're sort of struggling. You got Bowling Green in there. Kent State doesn't Terrible. look too scary either. Um, Terrible. So you have a bunch of winnable games there. It's going to come down to those big-time plays against teams like Miami and Ohio, and you have to make those plays. And if you do – the path is right there to get to Detroit. Yeah. I mean, the path's there. Um, it's, it's written out for you. Um, you know, quite frankly, they got to get there. I mean, there's not too much standing in the way to me right now. You know, you have Ohio flipping over to their new quarterback. You have, you know, Miami bringing in, um, you know, the same quarterback they had last year. Um, so, um, you know, there's, there's, there's room for growth with all this stuff. Um, but I'm interested to see, if Kent State's any good, I mean, I personally don't think they will be. Um, they're kind of the wild card to me. So we'll see if if they're any good. But right now, if you pull up that game on the BPI, um, ESPN has it as a 76% favor for UB over Kent State. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, are they going to be – are they actually going to, you know, show up and be scary? Um, I, BPI doesn't say so right now. Yeah. Um, but their team I am watching out for. But other than that, I, I mean, I, I, I don't really care for what I see from Akron really. Um, I don't, you know, Bowling Green's a train wreck. Um, so, you know, NIU is like you mentioned, rebuilding, you know, Miami's going to probably be the most likely be able to compete with them. Um, obviously that shouldn't be saying too, too much, but you know, yeah, they, they are bringing 309 yards per game last year. Yeah. You bring back uh, Brett Gabbert that defense, only threw for 2,400, but yeah, they solid on defense. They kept them in so games, solid. not necessarily like best yardage wise, but they were very, very good when it mattered third down, things like that. They lost Sam Sloman. Plays. 
Um, they're like primetime kicker yeah. to the Rams who just got cut today and bring it all full circle. Um, <laughs> but he was, he was big. I mean, he hit a lot of, I mean, he was hitting field goals. I was like, okay, he's a Sunday kicker. I mean, he, he's, I wish you'd be had a kicker like that, um, you know, here. So we'll see the thing we didn't talk, touch on Ty B special teams. Um, it's been yeah. an issue for the team. They've lost games there. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's funny you bring back. that up. It's funny you bring that up. Um, College football news literally has Alex McNulty as UB's key player to having a successful season. <laughs> um, they're no, not last, wrong. Last season they combined, they were 11 of 19 on field goals. However, McNulty was good at the end of the season, made his last six ki- uh, field goal attempts. Um, obviously, Is that who they're going to go with, McNulty? I, th- I, don't I think so. Um, I believe that, I can't even confirm that seems that. to be which way they're going. Um, but you look at that Ohio loss, why they lose two missed field goals and an extra point in overtime. And Brutal. you can't, you can't have that happen. You make one of those kicks and you win the game. So that was a win. Like, ugh, man, that, that and the that... Kent game, it's, it's unbelievable. 24 to six going into the fourth quarter. It absolutely, it's still, it, it brings shivers down my back and uh, I don't want to go back. It, it makes are, me feel like the general the last time UB was in Detroit, the last time we played Northern Illinois. So I can't wait to just run it down at Northern Illinois throats. The Rourke, for, second Rourke brother that Mike thinks. Didn't you say he's, he's better than Nathan Cole. Rourke? <laughs> so the, the second Rourke brother is supposed to be better than the first one. So wow. we'll see. He but fell he, off senior year. Rourke looked like he was going to be a potential prospect and fell off kind of. But every single, so you might be right. Every single Ohio quarterback that's on that upwards trajectory can't even say the word ends up mm-hmm. falling off the face of the planet. I remember Tyler Tettleton. He went down yep. as a senior Rourke. He went down. Yeah. I've lost me a bunch senior. of money. Jump. But I, I look at the schedule like this, honestly, Bowling Green is a gimme. Akron is a gimme. Northern yep. Illinois should be uh, a gimme. Um, so that you have three right there. Honestly, Kent State, it was embarrassing that you be lost to them last year. I won't go down that path, but I, I look back at last year's schedule and I'm like, how did you be win only eight games? They had a good defense by max standards. They had a best in the country. Those special teams blunders, guys. Those special teams you blunders. I will never have faith. I'll never have faith in a UB kicker. Uh, I don't care if they, they make 50 in a row. I'm still not going to have faith in any UB kicker. Um, I honestly, the, the two games are exactly what Kev said. It's Miami, Ohio, and then at Ohio. And honestly, Miami, Ohio is at home. Their quarterback, Gabbert, he has some potential. He's a slinger for, uh, for the Red Hawks. But you know what? I think UB is the better team. I think last year, they ran into a situation where Myers was in over his head. The offensive line fell apart, and they just collapsed in the second yeah. half. I don't think that's what the team was at the end of the season. But early on in the year, they were lost. I think if they play that game again, UB wins it. And honestly, I think UB is better than Ohio, too. The only reason why I'd be nervous about that game as a Bulls fan is – Traditionally, in the last 15 Dustin Crum, what was that? Yeah, Dustin Crum. I who's Dustin Crum, Kent State's quarterback. Oh, god, I'm I'm having a brain (laughs) fart here. But uh, the only reason why I'd be nervous about the Ohio game is historically, when UB and Ohio face each other, the home team normally wins, Mm -hmm. and UB struggled in Athens, and honestly, it was a Kind of a rarity for Ohio to win at UB last year. 
But if outside of that, there's no reason why UB can't go six and zero in these games. Will they? I probably wouldn't bet it, but they're the best team in this this division, and it's not even that close, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's good points. Yeah, you know, that whole Ohio game always scares me. Yeah. And I kind of interjected laughingly, but Dustin Crum is is standing in the way just like Ohio. Uh, I mean, I don't think Kent State's very good, but I yeah, the ultimate... they went for over 450 yards of offense the last three games of the season. So it seems like they were clicking. If he he's their best runner, they don't by play far on their team. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to be dynamic by himself. He's got to be a world beater. Um. So if you play sound defense and you just got to put up, you know, hopefully I mean, 20. 24, he went 20 touchdowns points. to two picks. Like, yeah. I mean, 70% completion percentage, 2,700 yards. Uh, they won their bowl game um, against USU. Um, First ever bowl game win for Kent State, just like it was UB. So they yeah, rolled. I mean, it's not bad. I did not realize his numbers were that impressive last yeah. year. I, I mean, something the, else. he's prospected. He's prospected now. Yeah. I mean, he's on the short list for quarterback probably top 10 at this point in quarterback prospects. So he's, he's there. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a guy that's six, three, two, a one can move. Like Ty said, um, brush for a ton of yards. Um, he's Seven, scary. Yeah, 700 yeah. yards, six rushing touchdowns. Yeah. You lose, they lost their top running back, but they bring back, um, Xavier Williams who had 98 all purpose yards against the, uh, the bulls between receiving and rushing and two touchdowns in that game. So they still have, you know, some dangerous guys. They could, they could step up and be sneaky. Um, but, you know, you look at it on paper, the Bulls should be much better. That defense, like you said, they, and they don't play any they let them score, score in bunches. They're very undersized at the defensive line and at the linebacker position. Their leading tackler, Mandela Lawrence Burke, uh, he's a linebacker, just 187 pounds. Um, so, you know, that's something to worry about, like, um, you know, their defensive ends are built at the size of most NFL linebackers at 240 pounds, 246 pounds, something like that, Zion West size. So uh, that's going to be tough for them. They lost some, you know, big name guys, transfers to Quantrez Knight to UCLA, but they brought in some transfers, CJ Holmes from Penn State, Tony Butler from Nebraska. So, you know, it could, they could sneak up on people, but I like the Bulls. I like the Bulls chances. We got to do, uh, we're going to have to, you know, make a six game prediction final, final, uh, final okay. thoughts here. Football before we Let's just do quickly it. on basketball, a few little tidbits on the news that we got today from them. So Mike, you can go first. Where do you think they uh, end up? Do you think they make it back to Detroit? Yeah, I'll say UB goes five and one and wins a tiebreaker to go to Detroit. I just have too much faith in this team. They have the most talent in the conference, the most high level uh, ability in the Mac right now. And I believe that's going to get it done. And you know what? I'll even have them winning in Detroit, pick them six, and six and one, and let's find some random bowl game to go to. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mike, love the optimism. Kev, are you right up there with them? Yeah, I'm there. I'm five and one. I'm locking in five and one. I think that's where they go. Could things go differently if the quarterback plays not great? It's possible. And you got guys like we just mentioned, crumb could sneak up on you bang you down to, you know, four and two and knock you out. So um, I got them at five and one, four and two on a bad end. Um, if something happens like that, but uh, yeah, they do, they do need to take care of business and probably will come down to a tiebreaker. I do think I'm not scared of too many teams in the West this year. Um, so I do think they have a good chance to then, like Mike said, go and, and complete. If they do make it, I think they'll complete it. 
Yeah. I think their bigger worry might be a team like Kent sneaking up on you, a team like Ohio getting a, a young gun quarterback um, sneaking up on you. That stuff could happen. I think that would happen before they go and lose to a West team. But, you know, I, I, I can't say I know each of the West teams inside now at this point. I do think they'd be favored against a lot of them, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think – I don't I feel like I'm being a homer. I'm making the same pick, but – God damn it, I'm making the pick. Five and one. Nah, screw it. Six and oh. They're going six and oh. They're running the tables. They're going to Detroit. They're bouncing back. They're winning it. They're bringing it back. It's been since 2008. We need another one. Bring the trophy back to Buffalo. I want to see them jumping around, partying in the field house when they get back with that thing. Um, Can't wait for it. But let's get into this basketball news a little bit. Bulls get their first non conference game lined up, which will be at West Virginia on December 29th. Um, Obviously, COVID sort of messing everything up. We know that they're going to play a 20-game max schedule this year. No East and West, no play-in game. So it's just a top eight, go right to Cleveland. Um, What's what's your thoughts on that, Masari, and thinking about going into the season here and filling the schedule? It looks like those tournaments uh, down in Orlando have been canceled now. So They're all scrapped, yeah. Um, we'll see what happens with all those going forward. But I, I was a proponent of 22 game back. I wanted even Stevens. There's no divisions. I wanted even Stevens. I wanted 11 times two home and home. Uh, I didn't want any, you know, tomfoolery with playing NAU once or playing NAU twice or any of that kind of garbage. Um, that does seem to rear its head into these discussions as you're looking at tiebreakers now, especially with the top eight needing to make it. Um, I don't, I've never thought except for that one Ohio win as a nine seed a nine through 12 should ever make it. Um, their statistics beside that, once again, that Ohio team are, are horrible. Um, except for you be getting bounced by a 12 seed last year. Um, that aside, their numbers are horrible. Um, in the, in the, in the, in the Mac tournament, um, you know, eight seeds been, been horrible too. Actually nine has a little more success due to the one team. So I like those changes. Uh, I don't think they should be making it. I think you should be playing to get that eight seed, make that last couple of games worth something, get up in there into the eight, no tanker, no tankopotamuses that, you know, don't really care about the season. They might be needing to get to that eight seed as a nine seed. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out toward. And there was a tight battle for the eight and nine last year. I, I can specifically remember that. Um, so I like those changes. I like the more Mac games. I think that especially this year, it works out really well for him. The WVU game in December is going to be great. Uh, it's going to be an interesting gauge to see where this yeah, team's between at. Between Christmas and New Year's, that'll be nice. And their out-of-conference schedule looks tough. I mean, you're getting a Rick Pitino coach team, um, so that's going to be a tough game. You know, that's that's never going to be an easy, easy, easy game to win, no matter who he's coaching for. Uh, you're going to get Bonnie's. Um, you know, obviously they canceled that Canisius Niagara Canisius probably for reasons we all know about. Um, so, uh, it's, it's not, it's not that easy of a, of a roster. I mean, or excuse me, of a schedule and, you know, who knows with Iona, especially with Rick, Rick Pitino. So, um, that's going to be a challenge for the team, but it's, it's a solid slate about a conference games that so far that they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, with it, with the team generally traveling by bus and whatnot, making stops, having to stay over places, having to go yeah. out of state, I think you might see a lot of these New York state teams just playing each other. Um, I Syracuse has been rumored too. Syracuse is being rumored again. So we'll see if that comes to fruition to your point, that could be completely right. So um, you know, that's, that's going to be a big challenge. I mean, you're talking about the best teams in New York and you even get Iona now and West Virginia, Vermont, Bonna, Iona and rumor of Syracuse. I mean, that's could have a St. Pretty, John's, St. Francis, could have St. John's in there. Brooke. 
Um, Albany. Um, there, there might be another king in New York to play here. around. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Vermont and uh, um, WVU might be the, the only teams out of New York we see. So it's a big schedule. There's still some roster movements going on here. Um, the team still doesn't know what's going on with Malik Zachary and his court case um, as, as it pertains to uh, Keyshawn Brute and a guy that they are maybe expecting to have, as I've heard, um, potentially available on a waiver. They don't know about that, kind of like they didn't with Mbala last year. Uh, could be a pretty huge much everyone's addition. gotten their waivers. Um, I think it's like over 85 or 90 percent at this point that so they're, um, they're holding out hope yeah. there. Um, that he and I believe from how I've heard, heard it explained to me that the Malik Zachary case does play a role into the decision by the NCAA. Um, and, and waivers, I'm not quite sure the technicalities there and why. But if something happens to where he doesn't um, isn't on the roster any longer, that does actually help Bruton's case for some reason. But you'd be losing a scholarship, something with that to an effect helps out that appeal. I don't quite understand yeah. why or how convoluted it is, but from how I've been explained, it does matter. Um, so that's something to look out for. And Bruton coming into this roster immediately makes it a lot better. He can step in and be a lot better um, of a player than we saw at times last year. Um, from, you know, Gabe Grant or, you know, whoever, whatever rabbit hole you want to go down there. Um, so that would be an, an extremely good addition. And Chance Robinson's a young freshman to watch out for extremely mm-hmm. early on. Um, I think that they could go to him early and often. So that's kind of my uh, early synopsis. Yep. Love that there. Mike, what's your, your early thoughts here before uh, the season starts, before we get the rest of this news trickling and it's just starting we're just starting to, you know, rev up the engines here with the basketball team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with a lot of what Kev just said uh, with West Virginia on board. That's uh, a good uh, quality non-conference opponent. And that's really tough to come by right now for, uh, for a lot of mid-majors. It's, it's going to be very difficult for most mid-major teams to get quality opponents. Uh, so UB is already a, ahead of the curve with a game like that. And as far as the team's concerned, I don't want to – I don't want to get too high on them yet. Last year, I, I feel like I was all about the hype parade, believing in all these new highly touted uh, uh, recruits and transfers. And I, I think I hyped them up a little bit too early. Um, and I don't want to make that same mistake again. That said, they, they do have a lot of talent. Uh, I'm, I want to see Graves take that next step. Uh, he became a scorer last year. He was a primary go-to scorer, but I still think there's a level that he can still rise to. I, I honestly, I could see him being a 20 point per game guy. Maybe that's a little bit uh, high to expect, but I, I do think Graves has a whole nother level uh, in his game. I'm just interested to see how this all comes together. This is going to be a very odd uh, season uh, of college basketball with these uh, multi-team tournament events, um, non-traditional People staying at the same hotels. Yeah, I don't. It's a, a non-traditional stuff. non-conference schedule. It, it's not going to feel like a normal college basketball season. You're not going to have a lot, big crowds at these games. Environments are going to be kind of dull and and boring. It, it's going to be a lot of empty arenas as well. I've seen some pickup basketball games that get pretty crazy. So, <laughs> well, bring the you're, intensity. You're, you're going to have the competitive spirit between teams, but you're not going to have that 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 the fan base is involved like what you you typically expect. And I do think if there's one sport where fan bases make an impact on games, it's college basketball. Um, 
sometimes playing in an empty arena can be a crazier situation than playing in a packed arena. Look at Eastern Michigan. It favors like, the, the totally favors the yeah, underdog. And, and I, I look at it this year. I On paper, I think UB could be a very, very good team. I think they're a team that's good enough to win the, the MAC regular season title and compete for, for that. But it all comes down to how does this all gel together? They tried gelling these these young guys together last year, and it was a train wreck. They lost to teams that didn't even deserve to be on the same court mm-hmm. as them. But you know what? Now it's they get another chance this year to, to prove themselves. They got more good incoming recruits, like Kev said. They have another year of experience for guys like Jonathan and uh, guys like Rondo. You got Graves. Um, obviously, you lose Devontae. But – uh, with Devontae gone and a couple of the guys, Gabe Grant and a couple of other guys that, that left, I honestly think they this, only lost 25 points, Mike. Yeah, this they only lost 25 strong. points per game. Mm-hmm. This team should be stronger. And, and the last thing I would say, the Blue Ribbon preview that had the UB finishing seventh, Blue Ribbon is a very respected um, outlet, but that, that's garbage to me. Seventh place. I understand why they did it. UB finished fifth last year. It's not like they finished dramatically better. But, yeah. yeah, I look at it as they got – I'm not obviously this team could still use Devonte, but I think they got stronger by losing some of the people that they got rid of because I think they're going to have to play more team ball, and I think they're going to find a way to to get it together. I, I think UB has as good of a chance in the East as everybody. I, I put them in the same caliber as Bowling Green, Akron, and Ohio, who all should be uh, fairly decent teams this year. Yeah, absolutely. The my biggest problem isn't that you'd be seventh in that rankings. It's that they have five guards on the all conference team. Do you even understand basketball? You can't run all five guards. You're not the golden state warriors. This is an absolute mockery of the game. Don't understand it at all, but Kev, yeah. Where do you, where do you think they stand? Where do you have them slotted in before we uh, end this one up? Yeah. I I mean, Bowling green is returning their guys. Justin Turner's coming back. Daquan Plowden's there. Um, so th- there's some scary things going on there. I was hoping Turner would would be long gone, you know, he j- just just gone. He opts to stay over transferring, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I mean, good for the conference, I guess. Bad for you know projections for me. Um, so you know he's there, but they do lose some some pieces, just like UB does. They lose Dylan Fry, a guy that I always thought they, they played pretty good with. Um, they, they did win some games without him last year, so you know they are going to lose him and some other supplemental pieces to the roster as well. So. Um, it's not a perfect situation there in Bowling Green. Um, so, um, you know, losing Michael Lasser and Marlon Sierra, a couple guys they relied on off the bench. And uh, they did lose a couple names to transfer um, that uh, their uh, forward, I cannot recall his name, uh, Tyler Matos, I think. Um, someone they lost to, to transfer a guy that they, another role player. Um, so they are, they did take a chunk out of their roster. So I do think it evens it up. I mean, I have UB at right now. I can't predict them to be higher than second or third um, because, like we mentioned, they fifth, getting bounced in the first round. Miami, Ohio was always going to be my trendy pick this year. Even as the 12 seed, they showed it. Lost Nike Sabandi um, to Pitt, right? He went to Pitt, I think, was his final decision. Yeah, he's having some issues trying to get that waiver. Is he? Um, One of the as long as he's not in Miami, country. Ohio, I got, I got absolutely bodied. Yeah. 
UB, like just he would play average and then for some reason would play the top of the conference and would just body people and wouldn't miss with shooting 24 foot J's and just mm-hmm. ridiculousness. Um, so I, I'm honestly, even though they were 12, I'm glad he's gone. Um, I do think that the, the, the conference lost a lot of players. I don't even know who they're predicting to be good. I, I never really liked what, what um, Toledo puts together. I don't know what they, they, I know they like those Kent state transfers a lot. That's all that team does. Um, but I got UB second or third right now uh, and really competing for a title again. But it does rely like like I, I do think there's some addition by subtraction here, guys. Uh, I was not, you know, an Antoine fan. Um, he struggled down the stretch. Uh, he was good early on, went away, came back a little bit and then just disappeared. It was completely not helpful for the team. Gabe Grant was just awful. Uh, they'll miss Jordan a little bit, but but losing 25 points per game. You can, you can rebound from that. You're hoping for Skogman. You're hoping for Chance Robinson. You're hoping for a waiver for Keyshawn Bruton. Um, there are some players there that can pick up the slack, uh, more than pick up the slack, and, and a step up for, for Hardnett. So, um, and then Savion Gallion, a guy to look out for, um, a guy they like down the stretch a little bit. He's a name to watch out for. And can David Nickelberry be a top 30 Juco player? We'll see as well. Um, and then, obviously, you're getting Fagan and Brock back, too. Um, so, lots of names there. Just need seven or eight of them to be good. I don't need all those guys to be good. Looking forward to Robinson, hopefully Bruton. And really the sneaky Skogman can shoot the three in transition. That's a guy to watch out for, as I've been told. He's hitting shots at a ridiculous clip, Mike. Yeah, and he was a really good high school player who wanted to to go to Wisconsin from what I originally read and is lucky to even be playing basketball at this point in his life. I believe he had a – uh, a huge medical issue that he had to recover from and honestly lights out shooter like you said and UB is lucky to have him that's that's what you need in basketball now you need bigs that can have some range Oof. that can uh, mm-hmm. bring people uh, out to the perimeter to guard him that you want to talk about opening up an offense for UB uh, that's what they need because UB in the last couple of years they've been so um not so overly relying on the transition game that last year, they really didn't have a half court game. They were ugly basketball. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was honestly pretty disgusting just to watch at times and uh, not to be too critical, but uh, it, it'd be nice to see a little bit more success in the half court game because you can't just rely on going up and down the court every, every moment and scoring that way. You need to be able to score in different ways. So hopefully they're able to, to use some of those new players to their advantage. And, and honestly, like you said, you just need seven or eight of them to produce, get a good starting five and get a couple of players off the bench. Uh, we, we know they have the talent, just find that rotation. I think last year, that was the biggest problem with yeah. this team. We had all this new, UB had all this new talent on the squad. They just didn't know how to utilize it. And they never found a rotation that was really uh, consistently effective throughout uh, the course of the year. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, and- Akron, sorry, I didn't to say they, they do have Akron and BG at the top of the conference. Akron's a joke. They have the, probably the best player in the conference, along Christian Jackson, ridiculous player, lost their entire team beside him. And I, when I say entire team, that's not hyperbole. They lost their entire team beside LCJ. Entire that team? roster is horrible. Um, gone, thank God. Uh, they lost their entire team. So they don't have – they're they, worse than you be the year prior. They're losing every single player on their roster – 
like 70 points per game's gone, 60 points per game. We're talking triple the loss of UB. There's that team was already pretty close. Akron's a little, little above them last year. And then they just lost their entire. I cannot imagine them bringing in enough talent to replace that. They do have a guy from Dayton Williams that's coming in. Um, uh, we'll see guys, but they have Akron at number two right now, just off of Lauren Christian Jackson. That roster is horrible. Yep. Well, Kev, we'll be <laughs> watching basketball. We'll be on the hard court soon enough. Hopefully some fans will be able to get into alumni. We'll see what happens with that. You know, everything that's going on right now, but we got UB football just one week away. Make sure if you were doing anything for the game, you want to get together with the Bulls fans, they're going to be doing it at the Lockport drive-in. So that'll be something nice for us Bulls fans to look forward to get together and sort of celebrate together. It's been a long time, seven and a half, eight months since we've had UB football, I believe. And, you know, everything abruptly ended in March. So uh, we, that game was canceled. I don't, I still don't think it was played. Uh, they never lost to Miami. Um, but again, a shout out to our sponsor, Pasta Electric. Give them a call, 716-698-2711. Let's go Bulls.